while DC's Night Terrors technically started last week, we got our first issue of Night Terrors this week with Night Terrors number one. And you know what? That's just about right for an event like this because I feel like this is an event just like Nightmares that never end. They catch you at your worst moments and they never end. And you know what? That's how I felt about issue number one of Night Terrors. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We've got five books. How many? Docket five. And all four pals. So that's a beautiful thing. Hello. The gang's all here. What's up, hot dogs? Kale, he already did his intro. Uh, Hot dogs. Yeah. Marco. Here. Tyler. Yo. I'm Sean. And other than Night Terrors number one, we've got Doom Patrol number four. We've got Fallen Friend, The Death of Miss Marvel. Number one. Number one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 29. It's the pick of the week. We can get that out of the way. And uh, Immortal X-Men number 13. Uh, Hey, fucking can we? Because (laughs) we'll get to it. We'll get to it. To get to to that, we have to get through Night Terrors number one. Uh, This is by Joshua Williamson. Written by Joshua Williamson. With art by... Giuseppe Camuncoli, Stefano Nessi, and Casper Wingard. Colors by Frank Martin, Frank Martin, and Wingard. Letters by Troy Pateri. For watching live, hello. How are you? How's it going? How's your Thursday night? What books did you pick up from the shop? As we start our conversation about night terrors, and I think for the issue we got last week, First Blood, which really could have been called Night Terrors Issue Zero. We felt it was solid enough. Um, this for me was a significant step down. Oh, interesting. Yeah, did not feel that. I'm kind of with you, Sean. Even though I thought, like, you know, we talked about the Howard Porter art last week. Um, this one gives us three artists this time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I think that doesn't help at all, and none of them look like Howard Porter. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with Marco, actually. Um, I, I knew that because of the last of the Wait, last page. What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> because of how it ends. What what is that like? No, genuinely, I I I don't want that. I want real deal. I'm not here for sausage. I'm here for the meat. Give me the steak. Like my sausage. That rare. We call them bangers steak. where you are. Bangers. That's right. Yeah. Um, but what I, I, my, my struggle with this, or at least where I can sort of see, uh, where you're coming from is that it deviates from the event because it feels like the event going off of last week is following Batman. Yeah. Actual Batman. Whereas this just feels like a side story. It it felt like it recontextualized the event to be a dead man event and i was like is that who we want on the marquee like cool but well yes but (laughs) (laughs) but like is that i feel like that's not what was advertised potentially 
It was marketed as Batman, Dead Man, Sandman. <clears throat> My three men, uh, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I got no problem with that. I, you know, Dead Man, I'm not a fan of Dead Man, but um, that has nothing to do with whether or not this can be a good a good book. Um, I felt like, you know, when you when you tell me issue number one of an event comic book from either big two publisher, this is not the kind of comic book that I'm thinking we're going to be getting. Um, not by any stretch. This doesn't feel. This doesn't even feel like issue one. I'm not even sure what it feels like. First Blood definitely felt like issue one. But if you didn't read that and you started with this, do you fully understand what the hell's going on? No. You know what this felt like? It felt like the backup to issue one, like like a, a backup to issue one that never happened. Yeah. Because in terms of actual plot progression, we don't get much. We get a little bit of uh, um, backstory on this insomnia fella, but outside of that, not much. Well, I think the plot, the focus of the plot is sort of the wrong direction. Like, you know, the the end is zombie. Uh, spoilers here, just in case. Just in case we'll get our spoilers right now. Spoiler show. We've left you as long as we can. Mm-hmm. The end of the issue is zombie Wesley Dodds. Mm-hmm. And to anyone reading in 2023, who cares? I lo- And that's, I love Wesley Dodds. I wasn't even sure he was dead. Like, I had no idea on yeah. the status of him. Why is he dead? <laughs> yeah. I just like, that's dead man's big goal. And this is a ostensibly issue two. So Comic Boom says that uh, Williamson clearly does not understand Dead Man, though. He should not be able to possess uh, dead bodies, only live bodies. Um, Joshua missed the memo. I think the what's posited here, though, is not that he's possessing Sandman, but rather he used Lazarus um, juice, yeah, I guess, whatever. J- yeah. j- uh, jarred juice to bring uh, Sandman back. To so. wake him up. Yeah. 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 Um, and as far as uh, being able to like take over undead bodies, um, he's able to take over different. Like they don't have to be alive necessarily. There's an old ch- my swamp thing knowledge comes into play. Uh, Challengers of the Unknown back in the uh, late seventies. There's an issue where Dead Man crosses over with Swamp Thing and with Challengers of the Unknown, and he takes over Swamp Thing, and like they go on an adventure with the challengers and um he's able to possess uh i don't think it necessarily matters who or what it can he can possess but as long as he's able to embody imbue his spirit into the body he's able to take them over and i'm sure that's absolutely canon so uh, yeah that's the thing like what, what was that mark of the 70s who knows if that's uh who, yeah who knows anymore. if that's still around but still yeah. you know hey, gotta flex i gotta flex my shit where i can okay Okay. That's an interesting turn of phrase. Um, <laughs> so Tyler referenced the three artists on the book, and uh, that was a bit of an issue for me. Um, mm. 
I really, really like Kamun Kohli. Like he, he, Same. I think he is uh, super talented. Um, and so I was happy to see him here. Uh, Casper Wingard, of course, is someone that I've seen before as well. Um, Stefano Nessie was new to me, but my think I think my biggest problem was that um, there wasn't a tremendous amount of consistency between the artists, and for me, it was jarring at times. The, for me, it was like I think the consistency for in the individual art art was good. Common Coley yeah. stuff was was colored a little differently. Um, but it still looked good. I think that was like the the Batman scenes is when you see Common Coley. Yeah. Um, and then Wingard dealt with the Dead Man, you know, stuff. Well, yeah. Um, but Common Coley and Wingard are very different artists. Um, well, so I it, thought it, is, it was jarring to jump between the two. Well, see, I thought narratively that worked though. Same. Because, sure. you know, Dead Man is very obviously narrating something different. I and think then the it jumps into the action. The conceit is uh, nightmare world versus real world. I think between the two artists, mm. could be yeah. Um, I don't know I where think... where Nessie was though. I don't know which pages he did. And uh, I think it's the, there's like maybe? no, there's like a uh, a one in sort of in the middle, uh, right before the end where things feel like. Uh, I don't even. I wonder if it's the Sandman stuff. It, for me, it looked like the cartoony bits where, um, like all the heroes are there. There's like this. No, that's Wingard. Undead. Is that Wingard? Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind then. I'm like 99% sure it's Wingard. Yeah, I'm. I'm confident that's Wingard. Mm. Remember when when uh, comics would tell you which artist did what pages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a lot. That would make a lot of sense. Got it. Um, an editor had, you know, one more task to do, but it's fine. I guess I, I don't mind. Again, you know, I talked about Dead Man a little bit. It seems weird to me to center an event around him to this degree. This is your summer tentpole event. Mm. You know, this is not a character that they've been focusing on or, you know, putting at the center of things prior to, I mean, the last. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Um, it's a weird choice, and then to to pair him up with a villain who's also not—I mean, I don't know—I don't even know if he's a new villain, quite frankly. Um, but whether he is or not, he's not familiar to me. And I've been reading DC comics for almost a decade, so there's not a lot to like connect with. And they try to kind of sell you on some of Dead Man's history and things like that. And, you know, I, I, I can feel those things. But when you got a guy saying, you know, the, the villain Insomnia, I'm the god of nightmares. So, okay. What does that what does that mean? The whole time he's like, no, yeah. you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. And that, that felt like it diminished his worth. Or, like, it felt like it diminished his, oh, this is a big bad. Like, I'm supposed to be scared of this dude because, oh, no, he's he's the god of whatever i'm like oh shit okay we gotta really deal with a dude and then it turns out no actually he's just a human he's sleeping he's like in the the room right next door and this this issue is such a microcosm in this massive event and it's the banner title it's the marquee title Mm. yeah so you know like well, this is I, I. What different way could I say it? This is the event issue, the first issue of the event book, and it's so small, you know. 
and 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 like you guys say, you know, we're dealing with this massive, massive god of nightmares thing. What is the big deal? Like we already got the MacGuffin of the Nightmare Stone in the, in the Zero issue. Like they don't even yeah. need to set that up. They do a resetting of it up. I, I don't know. Are, are they under the assumption that people aren't reading uh, the Rambo issue? What was it? Uh, Night Terror's First Blood? Must um, be. It's, it's weird. And like, because honestly, like, think about where we go in terms of uh, setting. Out a window. That's as far, like, and then to a yeah. graveyard. Like there's, there's two yeah. scenes, really. Eh, three, I guess, of the Nightmare stuff, Nightmare Realm stuff. But yeah, not much happens here. I, I agree with Top Lane in the chat i just wish this event had a setup i wish events in general had setups and that's not something mm -hmm. that the big two are too fond of anymore because people complain so much but um you know this event just feels awkward to me so far you know and 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 like the i thought the batman time was really good but to be honest with you my pull list this past wednesday did not include a single night terrors tie-in not a single one. I was not leaving Midtown Comics with any of those tie-ins because nothing has justified that price tag yet. I'm not doing it. The only one that caught my eye was the Zatanna one because A, it's Zatanna, B, Doom Patrol's in it, and C, Dennis Culver is ready. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So, you know. Um, I, I would say pass to be honest. Um, it's, it's very difficult to recommend an event with a start that is this awkward. Um, I think the first strike issue was solid and I think the Batman tie-in was great. I thought that was an excellent comic, but this is, this is not the way you follow that up. Um, and I don't get this event. I don't personally seeing Sandman resurrected doesn't tickle my jimmies. That doesn't get me going. That's not a that's not a cliffhanger for uh, a modern DC event. That's that that's not that's not what you do. It's not so, wetting your whistle. No. Yeah. No. Um, it like like weird thing too. The cover does not scream first issue of an event cover for me. You know, like no. even in the cover, it doesn't feel like a first issue. Yeah. Well, I, the fucking first blood is the is the. That's the real the, first issue. Yeah. That's the first issue. Why are we doing this? Yeah. That was that was an event issue. Yeah. Especially if 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 issue two of this pushes the plot forward like it should, it it almost even is a further condemnation of this weird single issue. The... Man, countdowns. Remember countdowns, Sean? Absolutely, yeah. dude. I love that stuff. Um, what do you mean, I... Sean? I was there for that, too. I know. I just, he was referring to build-up previously. So. I, I think, I think one, one of the... Um, the I'm going to pull on this only because, man, it's the... Where else am I going to see Dead Man? And where else am I going to see freaking Wesley Dodds? Like... Come on, I, I, that that at the moment is the is the currently currently like 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 that is the only draw for me at the moment is I want to see these characters and if it if it takes my dollars to convince DC maybe we need more of these guys, fine. I think that's 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 really reasonable. At least I get that comicsology discount, thirty three cents. 
nice to see the CEOs actually deciding to lower prices. Uh huh. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Bezos. Um, after wrecking the company, <laughs> <laughs> they can afford it now. Uh huh. So, before we move on, if you want to support the show. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, if you're watching live or you're not watching live, hit that like button. Let us know that you're enjoying it. Uh, it is a Thursday night in the middle of summer. And, uh, you know, some of us have to turn our ACs off <laughs> because they're too loud and our fans off. So, you know, you can't even account for how many pants are being worn between the four of us right now. Luckily, Probably zero. Who knows? Ooh, should we take that bet? Luckily, we only exist above the waist um that's the that's the beauty of youtube land even better in podcast land you can't even see us so what we look like is irrelevant love it well one thing that you don't know uh, uh viewers and listeners marco is actually a centaur you just can't tell mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. actually i'm actually attached to the chair you can yep. so i roll with this I okay can't. all right so by that the comic okay. only fans um, we don't have one of those, time. but what we do have is a Patreon, patreon.com slash the comic spells, where we are, uh, proud to offer you guys a whole host of content, uh, some bang for your buck, if you will. And, uh, this week we've got, um, well, next week we've got the palling around that we just recorded. That was fun. That'll be out for you guys next week. Uh, the weekly newsletter, mine just went out, uh, you know, wrote a little bit about what I'm thinking lately. That's what I tend to do. Um, you get to vote in the book club poll. We've got Pulp that won the book club poll. That that was Kale's pick, so we'll be doing that for you guys soon. If you want to get ready, you can buy your copy of Pulp um, and uh, be ready for it when we drop our review or our book club, rather. Uh, if you want to watch this show live, that's every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Watch the main show every Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. A lot of DC news this week. A lot of DC news. So we'll be tackling that. Um, and I, at least, and I'm sure the rest of the pals have something to say about what is happening in Hollywood right now. So. Uh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, you might not. Yeah. Uh, if anyone knows any actors out there that want to get on the show and talk about this who are in the, uh, the guild, uh, let us know. Or don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but let us talk about Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number four. This was fun. Okay. Uh, it was also written by Dennis Culver, uh, with art by David LaFuente, colors by Brian Reber, and letters by Pat Rousseau. Marco, you say it's fun. Why was it fun? Um, I was down on the first issue when we first came across this, and... Uh, I think this was to set up, uh, from a story perspective, I think it did a really good job of, one, explaining each of these characters' sort of origins. It, it, give, it felt like a kind of like a reset where like, hey, this is, we're taking stock of where these characters are, who these characters are. And that, that was helpful for, you know, potentially for new readers. So like from that end, the, the mechanics of that, I thought worked pretty well. Um, Dennis did a really good job of uh, making me care about their individual issues, and um, and that's already coming off the fact that I have a basis for them. 
but uh, I like that they were like in therapy essentially and just kind of like talking these through. It was, it was a slower, it was a slow issue, very talky, but I think that it uh, services the individual characters and what we'll see probably down the line with their dynamics. And so um, seeing them talk to this therapist and how they could potentially bounce off each other, I thought was kind of fun. Um, even if it was a very just not dry, but uh, uh, it was just a slower issue. And I, I don't mind that. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This was the bonus issue, right? That Culver mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It felt like that. And I don't mean that as, as a bad thing. Like this, this feels like a good, like, all right, I can pretty much write this issue for whatever. And we can slot it in as like a filler issue. And, you know, sometimes filler is, most of Naruto, or sometimes it's this, where it's actually, you know, enjoyable. <laughs> um, where you can kind of get, like, a breakdown of all the different characters, especially since uh, two of them are new. One kind of just came back to life previously, and we never really got a follow-up on that with, uh, with um, uh, Rita. Um, and it's also drawn by David LaFuente, who I love. I'm a big LaFuente guy. So seeing them actually work on a full issue and at Doom Patrol, yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with this one. This was good. Um, I am creeped out by Jerry, the therapist, <laughs> and I really was hoping we wouldn't see Jerry again, but of course we had to get Jerry on the cover right on Front Street. Um, and then throughout, this is a really like nasty book. There's a lot of body horror present um but it's good it's it's good work on the fuentes part and i like the vibe of this comic book a lot um and when we interviewed culver one of the things that i expressed was that this is not my type of book but it is because what it does is yeah it's, it's kind of quirky and off the beaten path which maybe isn't my vibe but what is my vibe is deep character study and what is my vibe is finding the truth of characters and bringing it out. And I think every issue has done that very well. Um, and this is no exception, you know, getting to sit down with these characters, learn a bit more about what makes them tick. Uh, I thought it was a, it was a, maybe an unnecessary issue, but I don't think that that diminishes from the fact that I'm really glad we got it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I didn't, particularly care for this for the exact reason you just said um to me it felt I, I i don't know it's it's hard to say unnecessary because they wrote it if they felt it was you know necessary it was necessary but i just didn't i, I didn't feel like i needed this um and it felt like a lot of a lot of text and a lot of background stuff and not a lot of for me it didn't feel like a lot of movement until the end and the thing with chief oh no really, movement yeah even worse <laughs> uh la fuente's art felt dissonant compared to burnham and uh I can see the craft, but for me, there was a mismatch tonally there. And um, that was my, that's probably my only gripe with it. And even then, it's minor. It's just like I'm not as big a fan of the art in the context of this 
story in these characters or for what Doom Patrol might be. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, this is it's probably my pick of the week. Hell yeah, listeners. There we go. I, I, this was your pick of the week? I mean, compared to some of the other stuff. Well, I'll talk about one other thing. But the conceit that this therapy room is this uh, imagination dimension because it's fifth dimensional uh, beings in Jerry's head um, as a way to show actual flashback panels that the characters can also see. Oh, that was cool. I thought that was great. I thought that was a really fun way of doing that. Really I don't know whose idea that was. Um, I feel like a lot of Dennis Culver stuff, it's like very, um, I can never know if it's an artist's idea or the writer's idea. Cause he's, I think he writes well for the art, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love that. I mean, that was also like, that's classic Doom Patrol, you know, playing well, with the, 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 the format of it. And from our uh, interview, he talks about how he, you know, works with artists. He mm-hmm. hangs out with yep. artists. You know, he yep. works in a studio. He is one. <laughs> he is, yeah, he is an artist. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure, you know, he he probably has like a a, a good long conversation and, and a, a, a sketch, you know, of what he wants to do. There's a thumbnail of this issue somewhere in his, uh, his studio right now, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will say one thing I was really into. Uh, Elasta, what's her name? Elasta Woman. Woman, yeah. Rita Farr, and, I think, yeah. Yeah. And Flex Metallo talk about a power couple. Yeah, yeah. Oh, same. mama. Is that just Mr. and Mrs. Incredible? Basically. Pro- yeah, probably. Just like a weird it's version of it. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Incredible sexier. if they saw you from across the bar and liked your vibe. But not. Disney. I dug it. I agree, agree Kale. Yeah. Oh, we gotta do Flex Mentalo someday. I need to. I need to get like a, a bonk animation to be able to put on each of our uh, squares. Uh, whenever. <laughs> I I think this kind of issue is not really in favor anymore in comics, mm-hmm. um, because runs are much much shorter than they used to be. Like you're not really getting run like. I feel like we're lucky if we get a run that goes past 20 issues with the same people. Less um, than that. Yeah, less than that. Yeah, that's that's way more than um, average. But, you know, this this is the kind of issue where, you know, maybe maybe this run isn't right for it, arguably because of how short it is. But, you know, the, the run was extended to include this. But like, you know, when you're when you're dealing with characters for several issues, you're talking about dozens of issues you want to lean in with them and you get the time to do that i'm glad that dennis culver and co got the time to do this one even if it doesn't move anything forward um i i I actually care about these characters now and that's only because of the work done in this comic not this like not this particular one but the run yeah i think reconceptualizing rita big deal um and then like beast girl need we don't know who the hell she is she just showed up in the first issue so yeah, her horrible life backstory is important. I'm so sad. But like she's still, but like the idea that like kids are a lot more um, uh, uh, resilient. Um, that was a great little bit in this as well. Pull, pull. It's a pull for me. Pass. So you pass on this issue. 
or the series at this point? Oh, just this issue. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I, I think this, this feels like a recap. Hmm. So I think I think if you know if you were to skip this, I wouldn't think it would be that big a deal. It's not like I says it sounded it, it felt like a secret files issue. Yeah, you'll yeah. see this at the back of the trade, uh, with character profile information, their height and weight and favorite food or whatever. Like in the old the days, anyway. Top lane asks, any chance they make this an ongoing? I don't think so. Um, I don't think that's you know, what Culver wants. I don't think that's what any, I don't think Burnham would want it. I don't think Culver wants it. I think, uh, you know, maybe they would come back to Doom Patrol down the yeah. line as a creative team, yeah. but I can't see this getting extended. Mm. Or maybe the- they'll do something different with it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll be this story that they're telling. I, I'm used to with Doom Patrol enjoying a run and never seeing another one again for six years. <laughs> um, sucks. I mean, like yeah. the nineties was probably the most consistent Doom Patrol we'll have. Honestly. CW Gordon says never read any Doom Patrol. So a recap was kind of nice, I guess. And I think I fall in there as well as somebody whose only exposure to Doom Patrol is what we did for a book club and a few episodes of the show, which is of course going to be different. Um, I appreciated some of the, some of the the recaps of the backstories and things like that. But again, you know, it's definitely not an issue that moves. So if, if propulsion is what you want out of your comics, this ain't going to be the issue for you. Will the next book be for you, though? I doubt it. Oh, that seems to be the sentiment online, because we're talking about Fallen Friend, The Death of Miss Marvel, number Oof. one. Let's fucking go. Kale's ready. There. So this was broken up into three chapters. Um, You have the Kamala chapter. uh, I believe the second chapter is called Champions. And then the third one is Avengers. Um, And we'll start, we'll we'll go chapter by chapter. I I think that's reasonable enough. Um, The first one is Kamala and it's written by G. Willow Wilson with art by Takeshi Miyazawa, colors by Isaiah Herring and letters by Ariana Mayer. Um, Now, this is a hard issue to talk about. It is. This is a hard issue to talk about. Because forget about chapters. I enjoyed this a lot. I thought this was really good. As a, yet whole, another, thing? as a whole. Yet another time where I'm I will be on an island. That's okay with me. I bite my own finger off. It made me so mad. Well, that's something you should check out. Um, I I thought that this was the exact kind of sort of send-off that I would expect for Miss Marvel. A showing of the characters that love her, the people that are in her life, who came to the mosque, which is not a place that's going to be comfortable for the majority of them to show respect. I appreciated the interspersing of memories and flashbacks with her um, and seeing characters from Miss Marvel's supporting cast who, me, I haven't seen in a while. 
What made it awkward was the fact that we are definitely for sure, 100% definitely getting her back really, really soon. And Marvel's not even hiding that fact. No. So that made this feel weird. She's dead. We just read the issue, Sean. Sean, did you read the, the bonus? I know about what Cyclops. Okay. Said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I, cause I know you read physically and we didn't. So, okay. I wasn't sure if you okay. didn't know about it. Yeah. Can we talk about that? What's going on? Do you, you don't know about this for I real? Read, I read the book. I don't know what you're talking about. The last page, I'll, I'll bring it up. So in the physical, there is a page that you do not get in the physical copy. Um, it's I think Marvel ca- uh, called it a uh, exclusive, a digital exclusive page, um, where Cyclops, who was noticeably absent from the Champions bit because he was on the Champions with Kamala uh, when he was young, Cyclops during Brian Michael Bendis's run. This isn't the same person. It's worth pointing that out. Uh, it is the same person. He got re- he got aged up, um, so he retains all memory. Um, it it was weird. There was like a mind meld thing where like young Cyclops was still his past. So he got all the memories, older Cyclops. It's a thing. So it's still the same person. Oh, okay. I yeah. stand corrected. Um, so this Cyclops did, you know, our Cyclops has, was with the champions. Um, but he was noticeably absent. And then he pretty much just says, hey, uh, I'm not going to talk about it today, but you'll find out soon. You know, she'll be all right. Um, how do you feel about it not being physical, Sean? Um, you know what? I think that's a really, really dumb, silly decision on Marvel's part. I can't fathom. I mean, trying to push people towards digital, sure. Trying to get people to look at their digital platforms. Um, but that feels like a slap in the face. I'm not, I'm never going to pick up my phone and scan a QR code. Oh, that's how they Whoa. did it. Yeah, I'm never. Oh I'm not doing gosh. that. Wait, why yeah. not? That's easy. Because uh, I, I, I don't care about it. If you it's want me to know seconds. it, if you want me to know it, it should be in the comic book. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Did you have so that doesn't just like pop up a page? It asks you to therein download said issue. I didn't do it. I'm not gonna do it. Wait, I, I want to no know. Idea. But I, I want to know what it does. Yeah, sure. Would fucking do it then. Like, yeah. <laughs> You like, asked. You asked me if I did it. I told you I didn't do it. Don't put it on the screen real quick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's see if this works. All right, sure. So I read it uh, digitally on uh, Marvel Unlimited, and what I got was a scroll-based webcomic. So I had to read this motherfucker panel by panel. Damn. Um, couldn't couldn't swipe to get a uh, a page turn. Um, I had to scroll and look at everything. That um, sucks. And, and I sent uh, Tyler clips of my experience because it sucked. <laughs> like I was just like forced to focus on each panel, and it's like and it the smallest panel. Yeah, gets whole page. it made it. Yeah. It made it like there. Were, my whole screen at one point was white. Like why? I don't and like I tried all the different. I went back to the other issues. Uh, I tried troubleshooting with you. <laughs> I, yeah, I went to you know X Men to make sure that wasn't like that. I tried Spider Man. I tried an old issue to make sure that the smart whatever wasn't on. They just 
did it. <laughs> so to to give context, uh, the QR code just brings up a website that you have to zoom in on the page. It's not even like a digital comic. It's like a JPEG that you have to zoom in on, and then you can get the full page. Gross. Yeah, the fact that this comic book cost $5 and I then have to open my phone and you scan the a QR thing. code is a joke. That's, that's a joke. You got to be kidding me. But to take it back to my controversial opinion, other than that fact, I thought this was good. Um, I... Go ahead. I had... My biggest issue with this was, like, it was nice seeing that original creative team back. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I love that original Miss Marvel run. And this felt... It was great seeing them back, but it felt wrong. Because um, the thing I loved about that book was how light it was and lighthearted and optimistic it was, but also being realistic. And this was just depressing. And not only that, it just it felt like the writers also didn't really know what was happening. Um, well, I actually really enjoyed the original creative team on this first issue. This was the place where I really felt it. Same. Um, yeah. Like when when Captain Marvel shows up and they all like break down, I genuinely – and this doesn't happen to me. I genuinely like teared up. Like I was like, oh, shit. I didn't feel anything about this before. Now I'm I'm really feeling something. Um, so I think I think G Willow Wilson like she might not have gotten the context or gotten you know the the full rundown of everything that happened, but like she she hit the emotional core. Like yeah. this this might have been her uh uh Kamala funeral scene. Like all the bullshit previous. Uh, you know, Zebwell, Spider-Man, all that. This to this chapter to me felt like G. Willow Wilson's like this is a point in Kamala Khan's life that I have thought about writing before. And it felt real, it felt authentic. Uh the emotions were high and they felt um um they felt uh, real. I think uh the advantage of it being a bit more community focused was nice. Whereas the other ones kind of deviate into, Oh, we're focusing on, you know, Spider-Man or we're focusing on him arriving late, or, uh, it's this, uh, uh argument between Amadeus and Viv where it like takes, it yeah. takes the moments away and yeah. doesn't actually accentuate what we're here for. We're like, we're here to honor someone's memory and you're kind of like stepping on, like, you're not going to throw a fit at a funeral. You know what I mean? Like, like that that to me was just like what what are we doing here? I've got shit to say about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Kale's like, oh, maybe at my funeral I cut uh but but I think that was that that hurt those stories for me where the first one was because it was so intimate, it was very quiet. It was very, very just you could feel that it was mournful. And I don't I don't care that Kamala died. Like I didn't. I didn't feel anything throughout <laughs> this. Just cause. Just cause. I, I don't have that connection. I, I, I've read. You know, the first two trades of Miss Marvel, and that's it. You know, and a few issues where she pops up here and there. So for me, there's no. There's nothing tying me to. Like, oh my god, this is terrible that this individual died. It's like, okay, yes, they're gone, and 
but what Jewel Wilson does is you can feel that void and I can see that and I can understand that even if I, if it, even if it doesn't directly affect me. Uh, question, plot question, I guess. Um, they're mourning more than one person because other people have died who were go to this mosque. Right. What happened? <laughs> yeah, what was up with that? People died. But <laughs> in what event? In the battle, in I life, guess. The event of life. <laughs> oh, is that it, what it's human beings that died. No, it felt like to me it was an event happened and that was a that was a mass funeral. That's how I was reading it. Same. Oh, I didn't get that at all. I, okay, I, I, I could have been. Reading I thought it the wrong. same. Th no, I thought the same thing. Where I'm like, oh, like in addition to Kamala Khan, she was like a victim in everything that was going on. I'm like, I don't even remember that battle being that big. Like. I'll see if I can find this, is, this is a contem for all our brothers and sisters who were lost on that terrible day or are still missing. Whether th whether they are alive or not, these blessings will reach them. Right. Like, yeah, like they, says, was there a building that was knocked down or something? Like Manny says it's New York and Marvel. That's what happened. Uh, that's the most logical explanation, I guess. But I so, yeah, I, I guess I just took that that prayer or or whatever is for people who have died it's like a general thing so that mm. everyone can pray and not you know it's not reserved for the people who know the prayer the prayer let's move is... on let's let's move on let's talk about chapter two champion uh this was by mark wade uh pencils by humberto ramos with inks by victor olazaba colors by edgar delgado and letters once again by ariana Mayer. i really enjoyed this part <laughs> Really, really enjoyed it. Did you read guess, the previous champions run? I oh. read some of Mark Wade's champions, okay. but I I enjoyed that. Shippers. Yeah, I really liked his champions. I I enjoyed what I read. Yeah. I just you know, um, this is where you get to see who Miss Marvel is, who Kamala Khan is. This is where you get to see her relationship with her friends, who she is to them, um, and. I really appreciated this part because this felt like a person that they were mourning. Um, this made her feel real because she was pushy. She was feisty. You know, um, she, she was their leader. Um, and see, seeing the interaction between Viv and Cho, seeing their drama play out here. I don't know. I really enjoyed all this. I thought I'll tell you why. That's why? some soap opera ass bullshit. Is why you enjoyed it. <laughs> Got that right. There, I yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. This the Kamala stuff in this was good. I like the whole part of her, you know, like not talking up to the Avengers, like kind of like being on the same level. Like those flashbacks were good, but the Amadeus Cho stuff is so out of character. I felt like even even after reading the Champions book, like yeah, they were rivals, but. There is no world where Amadeus Cho causes a scene at someone's funeral. You know what I mean? Like the Viv stuff, sure, emotional chip. I, I've watched Star Trek. I understand data. Um, that's fine. Um, but the Amadeus Cho stuff became like the focal point for me of the story that then took away from the objective, in my opinion. Which because, I guess I guess maybe that's the point of it because we're supposed yeah. to feel. Uh, but I, it just doesn't feel like Amadeus Cho to me. But that's the exact point. You don't know what Amadeus shows like when his when his friend is dead. 
you know? His friend's Bruce um, Banner. He's seen it plenty of times. <laughs> like, he's having an emotional, visceral reaction. And, and, and so is Viv. And I think that that was really compelling. And it shows that these are young people who aren't always going to make the right decisions emotionally and exp- and in the way they express themselves. I don't know. For me, uh, this this issue, this Mark Wade issue, is what I have a problem with when I talk about Mark Wade writing teenagers. Mm. I just like she didn't feel feisty. Um, Kamala didn't feel feisty and and leader like to me. She just came off as a brat to me, and her friends did the same. And I really felt like uh, I saw the gears turning in this. To me, especially compared to the first chapter, the next two chapters to me really felt like. The writers weren't sure how to, you know, write a service or whatever, or write what uh, would be respectful, you know, in that environment. So they made up drama to, you know, make something happen. And man, it just did not work for me. I think I felt the same way, Kyle. So, I I mean the 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 Ramos art was also uh, also really welcome and yeah. made me want to go back and read this Champions Run. Read uh, um, uh, Strange Academy. Real. Good uh, stuff I can't there. do I can't do Strange Academy. Really, especially as a, so you like Ramos and you like teen magic mystical stuff. Yeah, but strange. Interesting. I try. I tried it. It just it didn't click. Scotty Young. Writing, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, writing, yeah. and that was probably what it was, honestly. I'm not crazy um, about his writing, but the third chapter was Avenger, written by Saladin Ahmed, with art by Andrea DeVito, with colors by Edgar Delgado, and of course, Ariana Mayer. Um, yeah, so this one fe- prominently features a conversation between the uh mustache bros, Doctor Strange, and uh, Iron Man who are kind of wrestling with the idea that they could potentially have the power to bring Miss Marvel back. And I think every time someone dies, there is this consideration of, well, oh, couldn't Doctor Strange just do something about it? Um, And it is weird to be witnessing them have this conversation in which they both agree that it would be wrong to bring her back when them and every one of their friends has died and come back. Um, but while I know that I enjoy not thinking about things like that when I read comics. So the idea that there's a cost to simply resurrecting someone means something to me if it means something to them. And so that didn't bother me ultimately. Did you like his, uh, cartoon plumber analogy? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I I thought it was apt for this new chatty Doctor Strange. In a right. you know in a way that makes it understandable. Uh, I didn't like that because it felt weird that they were having that at a funeral. It did. Did that make sense? You're there. You're like talking the co- about the conversation. Yeah, I mean, they're having that conversation at 
you know, a funeral where her friends and family are within an earshot. I, I thought they kind of went off on the side for it, where I was like, I mean, how do you yeah. how do you hide as Iron Man and Doctor Strange in front of a whole bunch of normal people? But yeah. I, I laughed out loud at the moment where the wrecking crew guy was steel and he he just so happened to be in the worst possible place for that. Was that that was pile driver, right? I can't keep up with their Oof, names outside of absorbing man. He's not a wrecking absorbing man's not even in the wrecking crew. What? It's, it's, it's wrecker, thunderball, pile driver. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, oh. Uh, the, the the big head guy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Pile Driver. Okay, cool. I only know the crowbar one. That's Wrecker. I thought that moment was a little cheesy. I see it why, was. but... Yeah. It was cheesy, yeah. Bulldozer, that's what it was, yeah. Okay. Wrecking crew bulldozer, got it. And then Spider-Man meets Kamala's parents and says she was his hero. Bro, he, he showed up late to that, too? Like... Peter sucks. I gotta be. He would honest. show up late to his own funeral. That's the Peter Parker way. I, I know, but like, God, you essentially caused this poor young woman's death, and you show up late. Oh, I hate. I hate when people are like late for stuff. So Peter pisses yeah. me off. <laughs> yeah, grow up. Miles is there on time. Pro Miles, anti Peter. I think they did that. I think. I think Saladin probably made that choice to underscore. Um, how good uh, Kamala was because they're juxtaposing mm. Peter's inability to do things properly as an adult versus her, you know, not perfectness, but, uh, um, you know, he highlights how she's better than he was at that age and how he, she's better than he is now. I think that's why they did it. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this book has been getting raked over the coals and I anticipated a disaster when I read it and I really came away with something that I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that I really enjoyed the next two books, it might have been my pick of the week. I think the next one's my pick. Yo, I don't know Sean, what uh, order uh, we're going uh, in, though. Let me, let me get what you're drinking, bro, because, like... <laughs> for real. Blue Moon. <laughs> you want to jump on board with that? Feel free. Got my bottled Coke. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, this is a hard pass. Mm -hmm. Um, this to me feels just like Marvel cashing in. You know, farted something out. Yeah, I say if you want to read a good G. Willow Wilson book, there was a much better one on the stands today. <laughs> Manny says, TBH, Wade is technically writing my generation. I thought he did a good job. Hmm. I don't know how old Manny is. Well, Manny, Manny seems like a young man, like early 20s, maybe? Late teens? I thought, I, I don't, I'm not going to guess Manny's age. He's got, he's got Monkey D. <laughs> Luffy on his, on his icon. So well, he's he said be. he's writing his generation. That's oh, like we're having wait. a conversation. He's got a one-piece avatar, so he's a baby. <laughs> he's a man of taste. Baby of taste. Sean, is the next amazing. one? Oh, yeah, okay, it is. It is Amazing Spider-Man. All right. Spider-Man number 29. You guys know the drill by now. Zeb Wells, Ed McGinnis, Mark Farmer on inks with colors by Marcio Menez, Joe Caramagna on the letters. 
Um, again, it's almost like you could rerun any any of my reviews for this book. Uh, it's so fun. Um, I thought that this issue particularly did a good job of exploring the relationship of Doc Ock and Norman for those of us who didn't read Superior. I thought that Zeb Wells choosing to re-show us some of the stuff that I guess happened then around that time um, was a really smart decision. And it underscored, like, seeing... And I should have had you, Tyler, uh, pull this page up, but seeing the (laughs) shot... Perfect. See, that's why we get along. Seeing the shot of um of Green Goblin, you know, going off on Doc Ock, gleefully telling him how much he's gonna take from him, and Norman having to sit there and see this play out, and we know that he doesn't, he can't connect with that. That feels like a different guy, but he has the guilt associated with being the Green Goblin in a, in a former life, and this is what. He, uh, this is what he wrought. And even that, uh, Otto doesn't remember this either because he got mind wiped there in, in Spider-Man Beyond, right at the tail end of him being superior Spider-Man. So like, he doesn't even remember this. So it's this weird thing of like having this gnawing sensation that this person is the cause for a lot of your issues and you can't really know what it is. But it's just like a, a, a carnal urge to just make Norman pay for whatever it is that happened with him and Otto. And it's, it's, it's a good way of like kind of tying up a lot of weird continuity too. Um, but I think it works really well. And God, man, we only get it for like two quick looks, but Ed McGinnis' Green Goblin is so good. Yeah. I yeah. want more of that. And and I'm I'm in love with this iteration of Doc Ock. There's a there's a panel where he's just looking down at the helmet that he takes off of Norman's head, and it's so, that's so classic villain. Just look upon my works, you know. Like he's in love with what he's just done, and and he's giving this whole speech. I've been on a journey of self discovery, use, using this trifle the Beyond Corporation salvaged from Parker Industries. There are parts of my memory that have been taken from me. I suspect something infuriatingly supernatural, and I contained this. I hope this contained them. It did not. But it did hold the record of you, impossibly outsmarting me. If you wanted me to feel shame, your wish was fulfilled. But now I have outsmarted you. I hacked your costume. I blew up your life. It is you who are shamed. Say it. Say it is you who are shamed. Is that Wells ain't cooking? There's that great awkward beat too, where Norman's like, "Well, that's that's all." (laughs) Yeah. Are you kidding me? He writes a good fucking heat. Yeah, he writes a good Doc Ock. Do we know who's writing that Superior Spider-Man returning thing or whatever that we got? No, slot. Oh, is it slot? Oh, is it slot? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, all right. Kind of like Zeb Wells' take on him here, but um, yeah. No, I this was my pick of the week. That was a lot of fun. I Ed McGinnis is one of my favorite artists of all time. So, uh, and I, and I pulled a page here that um, it's McGinnis's Stock Ox, you know, uh, tentacle slapping Norman, and there's this real motion to it. Uh, yeah. that's like new McGinnis. It's like you know McGinnis uh, taking a little bit more of a modern uh, tool 
and adding it to his art yeah. and his repertoire. And I thought it was really good. Yeah. McGinnis has got really kinetic. Yep. Yep. Um, and man, uh, we showed it earlier, but that goblin page is yeah. insane. Even I panel did layout. not expect that from McGinnis. McGinnis. Yeah. This issue's just playing with panel work too. It's just doing some really like McGinnis was like, oh, he's the superhero book guy, you know? And like, yeah, that's what this book is. But he's playing around with it more and it's it's a lot more loose while still being real good McGinnis. Um Yeah. Uh, I think I might have mentioned this in the last one, the last review we did. Uh, for me, I'm not as into it, but the craft is just here, and I can't question that. And I, I, it's just, it's just a good comic. That's how Insane. I felt. Yeah, I read this after Fallen Friend, and I'm very glad I did because uh, I needed to wash my brain out. And um, uh, it was quick too. It was just like it was one and done. Yeah. I just, I, I blew through this. You had to wash your brain out by reading the book where the issue, uh, where the event happened that caused the previous issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. And then, and and that's another thing is like there was no fallout from that into this, agree. and like that still feels weird. But like whatever, we've moved on. It's in another book now. All right. I, I no, I, no one can convince me that that wasn't always intended to happen yep. here. Sure. Yeah. Like that is that is definitely something that Zeb Wells had to do. Mm. Um, can I also say why this is also my pick of the week? Because it's the return of one of the best Spider-Man creations in recent memory. Rec with, rap. with Rec Rap. Who, who was that? It's a it's a it's a it's a limbo demon who idolizes Spider-Man. Oh, goofy. That's it. It was in the uh, it was in the um, uh, dark web uh, crossover. Oh, he's goofy as hell. He's yeah. stupid. I love it. Even the even the editor's box was like, "There's no reason for him to be in this. Um, he'll show up later on." But McGinnis really wanted to draw him. <laughs> I just thought no. it was great. Sure. Yeah. If if that's what Ed McGinnis needs to do to continue to pump out work this high quality, by all means, Ed. If they should have wrote another one of these editor's notes for when they killed Kamala, being like, you know, Marvel really wanted, you know, Kamala to die <laughs> yeah. so they could bring her back as a She'll mutant. She'll be back uh, in a later yeah. issue. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so. I think it is really focusing on Rec Rap's feet, though. It's a little weird, I got to say. Is Very, it? Yeah. Oh, oh, if you're into it, that's fine. I'm sorry. Hmm. Oh, I'm not the one that brought it up. <laughs> this, was, it, dealt it. this was my pick of the week. Um I can't get enough of Amazing Spider-Man. I, I you could you could IV this into my my veins. Like I'm so into what this creative team is doing, and I can't tell you how good it feels. I remember when I got the first issue of Amazing Spider-Man that I ever got in wrapping delivered to my house from Marvel Comics back in the day. I don't even know if they still do that anymore. When they used to send you, could have a subscription service with Marvel. Yeah, I did that. Very long time ago, almost mm -hmm. 20 years ago. It feels very good to be reading Amazing Spider-Man again. Pull, pick of the week. I saw, uh, I saw a comment somewhere on um, this page that Tyler had, well, one of the pages that Tyler had pulled up on the tentacle arms. And it was like, yo, my, my man Spider-Man is, is in a rush, but got to make sure it matches the fit. So you had to spray paint the, the tentacles yeah. and get that done. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. You know it. That's like in any game you're any game you're in, you gotta make sure your your skin, the skin you got on is right, you know, uh -huh, before you start uh -huh. playing. 
stopping Norman from becoming the Green Goblin again is not nearly as important as it's getting the look right. Aesthetics. Absolutely. Why it was late to Kamala's funeral. It's too busy. <laughs> so, uh, everybody gave their final opinion? Yeah, Paul. It's fine. It's Spider-Man. Pick it up if you like it. Well, I like Immortal X-Men. Now we're talking. Ooh, yes. Close to being the pick of the week. Very close for me as well. Immortal <laughs> X-Men number 13, Kieran Gillen, writer. Lucas Wernick on art. David Curiel on the colors. Clayton Cowles on the letters. I cannot believe that's the first time I've said that name today. Um, Immortal X-Men really... Ever since Sins of Sinister ended, this book has been cooking. Yep. And this issue, I think, will please a lot of people. I had some problems with it that I'm sure we will go to battle over. But overall, I thought this was a fantastic comic book. Kale, why did you like it so much? Um, you know what? This is another political issue that I think just really fucking worked. The little bit of action in here was driven. Um, and it uh, revealed things that uh, uh, you know we needed to know. And we also we get to see Xavier taking down a peg, and you know I love that. Uh, but I I think the the real selling point for me here is that uh, it's a cipher issue, and cipher is some it is cipher right Doug yeah yeah uh, Doug is someone that we haven't heard from in a while, um, and getting to actually. Uh, interact with Krakoa and the um, see Doug and Krakoa's relationship even at the slightest hint of um, doubt that Doug has Krakoa fills it uh, and yeah, this worked all the way to town for me man nice. the cool thing is that Doug has the ability to understand language um, so that, you know, manifests itself in ways that, you know, like he can talk to, he's the only one who can talk to Krakoa because that's a language. But also he's always at every quiet council meeting. He's there. And body language is the thing. So he's, he's reading the whole situation from a point that a lot of people can't. So him kind of eventually becoming the voice for Krakoans, really, and Krakoa, the, the creature in Ireland. Uh, I thought that was a great, a great thing. I was a little... Yeah. I did feel this issue was a bit like um, we need to tie up a lot of weird stuff that happened in the past two years, like mentioning all the Sabretooth stuff. It, it kind of, I saw the edit editorial behind it all a bit. It's like, all right, we need to kind of condense everything, mentioning Nightcrawler is going off on his own so he can be Spider-Man. Um, I, I kind of saw the, 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 I guess the gears turning in the back, uh, but I thought it was a good issue. Gillen Gil is pretty good at talking heads. Even though this is what the third talking head issue we had in a row of this, serve it up. Um, yeah, he's, he's good at it. Yeah. He's good at it. All uh, quickly, all that worked for me, especially the saber two stuff because I didn't know any of it. I wasn't about to read that. All that. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. It's because I don't know if people are reading those books. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of housekeeping. Yeah, for sure. And I think 
some of that stuff bothered me, but in the case of the reference to Sabretooth in particular in the pit, that felt more like this is something we need to talk about. Because I felt like this issue was addressing some of the things that are uncomfortable about Krakoa. Like some of the things, even in the formation of it, that are uncomfortable. You know, we analyzed the pit yeah. when that happened, when, when we yeah. saw that. And one of the questions was, you know, is this okay to do? Is this an ethical choice? I don't feel that the question is answered in a way that has nuance in this issue. Hmm. Um, and that is a problem for me. But I think the only problem I have with Immortal X-Men is that I feel like things happen that are definitely not okay, but people like are okay with them. Doug did not do an okay thing by not putting Sabretooth in the pit. That was not cool. And I think he betrayed a trust that was given to him when he shouldn't have taken. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't down with what was being done, then he shouldn't have agreed. And I have a problem with that, but I like that. I like it because that's life. That's people. It's a character choice. Yeah. You got, yeah. You get, you get good tension from there. Like it's, it's good dynamics at that point. Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Um, Destiny, she's going through some stuff right now because everything is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I love Celine and Colossus. All that stuff is so beautiful because this council now is fully corrupt. It's over. Literally, this is the this is the end of the council. I wonder what this is what what Gillen's trying to say here. Because I feel like there's there's a part of Gillen, you know, he's very um aggressive so having this you know government not work and just tearing it all down um that's a frequent thing in a lot of it, you know, gillen's work so I, I like that I, i'm tired of the quiet council get him out of here i don't know what the solution is and doesn't look like the x-men do either but i think and i think that's the biggest problem again again it's not a problem with the storytelling because i i think the storytelling has has been great um, but looking at, you know, the mutants and the, and the situation that they find themselves in now, it's like, everyone is so worried about doing the right thing, quote unquote now, but you have Celine who is in league with Orcus on the team and it's not okay to just take her out of the equation. That's not cool. The system isn't working. The system isn't working. She's in league with their enemies. She got to go. Not, see, and, and to me, right, not getting rid of Sinister early was a mistake. And to me, they're making the same mistakes. It's just that now the power is more so in the hands of the, the young people, the people who aren't Charles Xavier or Magneto, who didn't keep secrets initially. The power is in everybody else's hands, so it's okay because it's not the old white guys. They had the right idea, but they got outsmarted and they had some bad luck. The so they mentioned they're going to be announcing this at the Hellfire Gala. So we finally have our big moment that's going to happen. What if our uh, what if the in. vote? What if the Hellfire Gala vote that we just had was for their president? 
and not for (laughs) like it just feels like that vote doesn't matter anymore because like that's going to be such a side bit for whatever that issue is i mean this is the third year in a row i guess it's not even 12 issues we have this conversation every time we talk about health we could have had we could have had uh surge as as kirkoan president it just like it doesn't matter but but this but this gives us a reason to tune in to the the gala again. Like I I thought yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Like I'm like all right yeah. fine. Like, yeah I agree. Yeah. You, you've been you've been presenting this and it's kind of fallen flat the last year. Like oh sweet all right this has consequence. It will now affect the next book and that's even in another title. That works. Yeah, yeah agreed. A uh, couple of comments real fast. Uh, C W Gordon. I just want to fix teams so damn bad. I feel you. Um, I don't love the voting aspect. I thought it was a neat trick the first time, but yeah. to continue to do it is just a little bit uh, weird. And then Zachary May says, what should I read to lead into this X-Men story? So I think um, you're you're in luck because you don't have to go too, too far back. If you read House and Powers of X, which are collected, um, that is the Jonathan Hickman magnum opus of the X-Men. So you get into that and you will have an understanding of this era in general. After that, I think you probably want to read Immortal X-Men one to now. Um, And you can kind of pick and choose from there. I think those are the primary. Oh, and Inferno. If you read House and Powers, Inferno and Immortal, you'll be good to go. My opinion. Yeah. If you want to read more, read Hickman's X-Men as well to supplement in between. Yeah. But those, those three will do it. Um, I have so much more to say. If you if you guys want to keep talking about this, like let's go, you know, so yeah. box yeah. it up. <laughs> well, because this issue also does a great job of highlighting characters who, I mean, I guess it's kind of well worn territory by now. But like Exodus is somebody who we've been living with for all these years, and his stock has risen and risen and risen, and we get that epic clash between him and Storm where they're both kind of like, we could tear this whole shit down with how powerful we are. But I have a bone to pick with Storm. I don't think she should stand in the way. What do you mean? Um, I think that, I think Exodus was correct, and I think she should have allowed Selene to die. Oh, oh, oh. But, but but her her opposition to that wasn't necessarily that she felt he was wrong, but the result, the resulting punishment would all, and I guess that was if they were to fight, huh? Never mind. Right. Answer my own question. Yeah. She doesn't want him to kill Celine because that's wrong. Sure. But what Celine is doing is wrong. And I feel like when this Krakoan era started, they had a clear way of dealing with that. It was called the pit and they threw people in there, but that got thrown out the window. So to deal with Celine, they got to kill her, but they, but they're not going to allow her to die. So they're accepting the corruption. And that feels worse to me than what Charles and Magneto did, because that was about collaboration and unification, whereas this is about more morality. Covering it all up. Yeah. To mm. keep going. Yeah, I'm with that. I love this book. Kieran yeah. Gillen is killing it. Yeah, this is my pick of the week. I can't believe I'm back on here talking about the X-Men again. This I didn't oh, yeah. think it would happen. I thought it was over. Your your feelings on Krakoa era is like Big Show's heel and face turns. I, I guess so. <laughs> Very sure. frequently going back and forth. 
I I have quick notes on the art. Uh, I I uh, I like Wernick. I think Wernick is talented. Still got a still some work to be done on the storm. Sometimes I, I thought her face was off. Um, the same could probably be said about a few people, but I noticed Storm in particular. Um, Celine still rocking the half gloves. That is my favorite thing about the art style in the Krakoan era. It's the bonk. greatest thing going. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> and um, in general, I think the way that Krakoa itself is presented is phenomenal it's such a cool thing and the fight between storm and um exodus brief but super cool looking when well, and exodus and celine yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's so so dynamic and the uh the effects that warnick uses um are scratchy and um you see it even in a couple of little places throughout the book and man it's just it's very i think i already said it dynamic uh, it really works. Yeah, seeing this compared to Warnick stuff on uh, the Death of Scarlet Witch, Trial Magneto. That's what it actually was. Um, very. It's it, it's nice to see an actual um, growth Night in real day. time. Yeah. yeah. The first time he's taken off his helmet. The uh, no, but it's like it's one of the few, few and far between. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I feel like he took that shit off like three weeks ago. Um, yeah, he was. It was off for all of Sinister. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, C.W. Gordon says, "I'm finally not mad that Hickman left," and uh, I'm not. I don't want to talk about that, but I did want to ask you guys: Do you think what what do you think Hickman's position on the pit was? Because that is a huge. That's like the original sin of the Quiet Council as presented in this issue of Immortal X-Men. Do you think that Hickman intended it to be something that they would reckon with later? Or do you feel like he saw that as a reasonable reaction or reasonable punishment for the, for the breaking of laws in Krakoa? I think both. I think, I think he meant for it to be an actual prison, but also there will be repercussions to it. You know, I don't know if he, ex- he meant for, you know, Doug to be not actually like the pit really never existed until Sinister. Right. At this point, the whole Carcosi was a lie at this, you know, until now. Um, but I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if his plans for the pit were wildly different than what we're getting here. Because that's the first thing that happens. Yeah. Like they establish Krakoa and then they throw Sabretooth in the Krakosi. Um, Yeah, I think I think more was intended for sure. That, those are our books. Those are our books for the week. We've got more. We've got more to talk about because uh, we're reading stuff. We're reading stuff. We're watching stuff. We're, we got some stuff to talk about. So, uh, pals, what you reading? I So, I checked out. It was cool at Doom Patrol 1, the, the listener poll. But I kind of wanted, you know, uh, World's Finest Teen Titans number one to win. Um, so, I read it anyway. Yikes. <laughs> um, bueno? I am loving World's Finest. It is probably like top three books for me right now. The the Mark Wade, Dan Mora, Superman, Batman story that right now is dealing with all of the robots of the DC universe. Even like GI robot, which is weird. Um, 
So I was excited to see him tackle Teen Titans. I have no idea when this book is supposed to be set. Uh, Speedy is a live streamer. And the whole thing is that they, are, they live stream their escapades and Speedy's like... Um, it is, oh, it is Mark Wade doing teens again, and it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know when it's supposed to take, take place. But I thought it was supposed to be like a yeah. flashback. It, apparently not, or they're doing a sliding time scale. I, I, don't, oh. I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess sliding time scale wise, if the Teen Titans are almost 30, they're like mid 20s. You still couldn't 20s. live stream. Like, you know. <laughs> 10 years ago, you could live stream from your phone? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, no, I don't, not as easy 10 years ago. No, no. I mean, it was, it was a process. Maybe not um, as easily, but was it possible in 20, but I mean, I also don't expect Mark Wade to really know the intricacies of streaming. It just seems like a very modern thing. Um, like a very 2023 thing that makes no sense in terms of the time scale for this. Well, and it's going to date horribly. Yeah, it is. Uh, Aqualad and Wonder Girl are a thing as well. That's kind of um, cute. I don't, I don't know that. if that's canon or, or if that's, you know, previous. It's cool to see Bumblebee as part of this original team. Mm. Um, but there's no explanation for it. You know, MP in, in the in YouTube chat says it, it's set in the past, late Silver Age, early Bronze Age, but with a sliding time scale. I, that does not compute for my brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> um... You can't tell me something, you know, Silver Age, and then show me Twitch, you know? Like, this doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't work. Um, I thought the Lupacino art was very good. Uh, but I don't know what the point of this is. This is weird. I have to imagine it's the same as World's Finest Batman and Superman. But that book feels like it's actively... Placing itself in an evergreen setting mm. with evergreen plots, where this one instantly dated itself. It, it could just be a misstep, you know. Oh, but what? Go ahead. With that's not a uh, you know. That's something a lot of writers do, you know. Uh, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'll, I'll check out issue two. Um, but nah, I wasn't too hot on it. I, I got it and I'm excited. I was excited to uh to open First Sami covers. First Sami. Yeah. I wish um, I wish those were the interiors. Man, I know. And that uh, one got me to buy that. Book. Real good, yeah. Sean, you check out Hunger in the Dusk, which I read too. Once you told me it was gonna be on your watch reading, I decided to pick it up. So Yeah. Um this was the book that I wanted to win the poll. <laughs> uh, which by the way is now. <laughs> the poll is up every single Friday. So if you wanna determine what gets read here on the show you can do that by voting in the poll this week unstoppable doom patrol one i think there was a retweet by dennis culver which tipped the scales but i'm glad it did because yeah, uh, i thought it was a good good book yeah um so but yeah the hunger in the dusk now tyler i'm sure you had the same feelings that i did this was g willow wilson um creator owned at idw with art by chris wild goose colors by the sack uh Myasic, whatever. Letters by Simon Boland, color assistant Diana Sousa. Um, I got heavy Warcraft vibes. Oh yeah, I never read a comic book that had just like orcs and humans like this. 
and the the um, smart orcs, the wild too. goose art. Sorry, smart orcs too. Like smart orcs, they yeah. have their own civilization and everything. Yeah, they're not yep. just mindless monsters. The wild goose art was phenomenal. I thought this book was excellently colored. Several times, I found myself wishing that this was a World of Warcraft comic. Um, if they could only afford, Activision Blizzard can't afford to get a creative team this good to do a book. Microsoft, uh, no, apparently. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, this first issue has all the makings of a really interesting fantasy epic. If you're into orcs and humans and magic and that kind of stuff, that Warcraft RPG vibe, yo, this was for fucking me. This might have been my pick of the week if this was allowed to be. Um, the thing is, like, it is so cool to just get straightforward fantasy. Like, this is a fantasy book. It's not fantasy, but it's a Western. Or fantasy, mm. but it's sci-fi, you know? Um, it's orcs, humans, uneasy, and then they have a common enemy now. Uh, it's good-looking. Good-looking, too. E.W. Gordon says that uh, he was waiting for the Void Rivals-esque reveal that this was a secret new WoW comic universe. I had the exact same thought. Eh, the orcs didn't look quite like WoW orcs. That's the only yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe but it's, good. it's probably of... good it's on a Warcraft comic, though, Sean. That's what? a gateway drug. I, I'd read me a Warcraft comic. If it was oh, by fair. G. Willow Wilson and Chris Wild Goose, fair, I'd be reading fair, fair. it. Good stuff. Buy it. Uh, what's next, Tyler? Uh, I don't think I think that's all for what you're reading. Did you guys? Oh, Marco didn't have one. Oh, I've got a quick one. I yeah, didn't yeah. send it to Go Tyler, ahead. but I'm gonna shout it out real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm finally gonna get to watch the end of uh Ash's uh run in the Pokemon <gasps> anime. It's finally airing in the UK. Ready, man. Um, I'm hyped. It's gonna be my it's gonna be my Saturday morning. I'm gonna get my score bunny. We're gonna go down and watch. I'm I'm beside myself. Bro, you didn't tell me in advance to finally give me a reason to put a Pokemon slide in here. Come on. I didn't think I was gonna talk about it, but like I was I, I was watching the show tonight and I was like, it, it's it's one of these things that it's like got me like viscerally remembering all of the times I've been like incredibly emotional about Pokemon. And man, I'm here for it. I'm so excited. Isn't it a bit of a greatest hits nostalgia tour for like very early Pokemon? So this is going to be what I'm going to watch is the end of his world championship battle. Okay. I think there is a separate season that is that. Yes. Yes. And that will send me to therapy. Because yeah, that's going to see Jerry. Like fucking, um, from what I understand, his Butterfree comes back. Oh, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. Come on. We finally find I... out that Mr. Mime was actually a, a, in a relationship with his mom. <laughs> um, there's a um, there's a a, 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 a shipping. Oh, there's a, a shipping um thing happening on Tumblr with a um, uh, I believe she's a Disney storyboard artist that has Ash's mom paired with Jesse from Team Rocket. Oh. And they're like a couple. Oh, on Twitter. She's on Twitter too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's phenomenal. Can I can I just can I jump in? Uh this is business news, but it's you know it's good news to share. We just got a new uh a new patron at the oh, hell uh, yeah. 
at the uh, I Shall Become a Pal tier, and um, their name is Mike. So, Mike, if you're watching live now, if, if, if you happen to be watching us, thank you so much. It feels kind of cool to be able to, you know, to see this live. Um, and they shared a really sweet message that I won't share, um, but the the gist of the message was that we helped to reignite Mike's Mike and his daughter's love for comics. So uh, oh, that's yeah. very awesome. We are proud and honored to be a part of your life in that way. And thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And that's please the, uh, make your superpower tier. Yes. All right. Yes. Cool. Oh, well, I won't. Nice. Do that, but yeah, you'll get one on Saturday, uh, I guess. Please make yourself known too. If you're in the Discord, uh, let us know. Uh, if you're in the chat, let us know. Uh, let's get to know each other. We're yeah. in this community. We're all in this together. Oh, boy. Oh, ha- boy. Happy to send recommendations for whatever you guys Swamp are thing. reading. Oh. Yeah, and they did ask for that, Marco. So oh, we'll, amazing. we'll actually be held to that. Um, so I guess Marco's going to do it. <laughs> well, we've we've got uh, some books that we're looking forward to next week, and we want to tell you guys about them in a little segment we like to call Pals Pools. Tyler, Alrighty, so Sean's up first with a little book. I like to call Blade because that is the title of the book. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, comics are weird. And I feel like this book already ended just because of how long ago it was that this was teased. But now that we're here, I'm really excited to see what this is. Brian Edward Hill, to me, is one of the most underrated, underappreciated, and most talented writers in comics right now of the last 10 years. And I think the Killmonger book that he did was really great. This gives me, or it doesn't give me Killmonger vibes, but I definitely see how Brian Edward Hill could take an angry black vampire like Blade and tell an incredibly compelling story. So I cannot wait for this. I think this is going to be a an absolute banger. And the Casa Grande art, Ooh. it don't hurt. Oh. It don't hurt. The Jordi Belair on colors? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. bud. Casa oh, Grande's the uh, the artist who worked on Black Widow with Kelly Thompson, right? Yep. Ooh, oh. it's gonna be some fun stuff there. That is a crazy yep. team for Blade. Totally. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, and uh, oof, another whammy. Uh, next week we have issue two of A Vicious Circle. Oh, oh what? Yes, dude. Yes, this book. I feel like it turned us all. It it, it turned us all on our heads. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was so unexpected how good this was. Um, it's a, it's, it's kind of like hard to describe what kind of book this is. Honestly, I don't even want to, I think if you, if you want something different, a lot of our audience asks for different books. You guys always say you want to try some new shit out. Matt and Tomlin and Lieber Mayo did a, 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 an amazing job with a vicious circle number one by that and by number two the art is insane if you've ever seen anything by Bermeo before this is him this is his renaissance this is him showing his full ass in a comic book. <laughs> oh and i'm here for it yeah hi for this i did not know this was coming out holy shit Sorry, I just got caught up on the TikTok comments and somebody Tobag Jr. just said, talk about Did Spider-Man killing MJ with his nut. Yeah. <laughs> talk about it. How do we t- I mean what I don't know. How do we talk about that? I don't know. I mean, you want to talk about it, we could talk about it. Read Spider-Man Reign. It's all about Tremendous it. book. Tremendous yeah. book. Wait, are you being legitimate? Yeah. It's I love a that great book. book yeah. But oh, yes, okay. I'm being legitimate. I never read it. 
It's yeah. great. Interesting. Book club, maybe. C.W. Gordon says, man, this was probably meant to prop up the movie that still hasn't been written. Yes, I think that is what Blade was intended for. Yeah. But Marvel also likes to have the trade on the stands in advance of the movie. So I don't remember when Blade was initially supposed to come out. It might have been this year. Um, yeah. But this will make a nice trade whenever it's out. Also, I mean, Brian Edward Hill writes for TV. I'm just saying. And, and that, film. He's writing yeah. the Power Rangers movie. True, right. true. So, like, I don't know, like. Maybe there's a guy right there standing in front of you the whole time. Um, I wanted to check out, um, you know, with Mark Miller uh, maybe having some really, really shitty tweets lately. Um, but Mark Miller is coming out with a new book uh, next week. Big Game Number 1 with art by Pepe Larraz. Um, this is his event book. This is Nemesis, Kick-Ass, uh, Wanted. Uh, all of that is, is all together here. Um, Magic Order, too, strangely. Um, so this is like a, a the Millerverse event comic. Um, it's Pepe Larraz for me. I mean, I, I've I've read a lot of those Miller Miller World books. Um, some good, some not, some kind of eh. Um, seeing more Larraz is is the draw for me. Um, can I can I stop you real quick? Yeah. Paul, how many of us are still reading the Ambassadors? By oh Martin no, Miller? not me. I, I haven't downloaded. I just haven't got to it. What? Ambassadors, <laughs> the Quietly book that was the first issue was Quietly. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. The I reason why I didn't read that. The reason why I said that is because we all said like, or at least I remember I said, it, and I think Tyler said it like this was cool, we enjoyed it, but will we keep reading? No. I have not kept up, Mm-mm. and that's I've, always the trajectory. I have trouble keeping up with a lot of Miller stuff, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is neat to see Wanted. This is it's, it, he, he marketed this as the Wanted sequel. So I'll see someone curve a bullet, I guess. Uh, it's not, and then, uh, not Wanted enough. Uh, yeah. And then Void Rivals, number two. Uh, I want to check this out. Um, I, I, I don't expect to, ha- to see any Transformers or G.I. Joe in this at all. Um, I expect this to be an actual continuation of the story that got introduced in Void Rivals, yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. I think is what I like most about the book. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. Maybe build that world out a bit. Um, I don't know if it's gonna work. Uh, it does not. All right, I don't have I don't have slides for you two, but uh, uh, Kale, Star Trek Day, uh, Day of Blood, number one. Yeah, so this is the first Star Trek event. Mm. Uh, this is the big crossover between uh, uh, Cisco and Worf. Uh, let's see, Star Trek and Star Trek Defiant. Uh, they're going after Emperor Kalos. Ooh. Um, and they're going after the uh the great big uh, uh Klingon uh, uh apocalypse, I guess. Um, it sounds rad. Gotta love a Batleth. Love a Klingon. True. Yeah. Except uh, after using the toilet. Um, <laughs> Kale, what was the? I get a Klingon. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you want to just talk about Power Rangers? <laughs> Almost always. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, my next one is Power Rangers Unlimited Hyperforce number one. Uh, so Hyperforce is the uh, there was a a, a a tabletop game that happened in the far future of the Power Rangers, and uh, the Pink Time Force Ranger was like the mentor. Uh, it was really cool. It was a web, uh, you know, web actual play show for a little while. Um, and, 
Bulk was there. He's the Yellow Ranger, the guy who played Bulk. Anyway, uh, really cool. They're getting their Yo. first. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Bulk uh, was a Yellow Ranger? The guy who played Bulk. The actor. The actor. Not Bulk himself, but the actor came back to very right. be a Yellow Ranger. Right. He played the game as God, okay. I, I was like, wait, so the actor Ranger. is in Power Ranger lore and the actor who played, I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on there, hold on. Um, whenever you talk Power Rangers, I'm like, there's more than just Mighty Morphin. Like, my brain just explodes whenever you talk. Ugh, it, so. Turbo. What a, what a disservice. And I've got Power Rangers opinions, if you want to know them. Uh, this is going to be cool, uh, I think. Uh, Marco, Lock and Key, uh, a new Lock and Key book. What is the full title? I don't, I'm sorry, I screwed this one up, but something broke. Uh, so this is uh, Welcome to Lovecraft number one. So it's actually a, a reprint of the first issue. However, for the 15th anniversary, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez have come back to provide an alternate ending to the first issue. Um, I love Lock and Key. Uh, absolutely adore this book. And so anytime yeah. that they come out with something, uh, I pick it up and uh, I can't get enough of this story, this world. And so um, I don't know what they plan to do with this. Supposedly it's just a one shot and it's an alternate, again, just an alternate ending where it's the only bad edition. So only bad stuff happens to on top of what's already a fucked up book. Uh, so yeah, sign me up. And you, and then you also have a uh, Marvel comics and manga tribute. Yeah. Uh, so I came across this, uh, searching through comiXology and it involves a whole bunch of, uh, Japanese artists. Uh, there's 20 of them. They take on different, um, characters, uh, different sorts of stories. It's a huge book and it's actually cheaper on digital. It's $12, $13, 12 dollars um, versus the 22 because it's only in hardcover. So uh, if you want to save some money and look at some real good art from, they got uh, Peach Momoko's on there, Yusuke Murata, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, check it out. Looks cool. Marco, have you ever heard of the Marvel manga verse? No. It's published in 2000. Um, what is it, the CB Sobolski thing? Oh, you know what? I'm, you know what? I'm going to click into this, uh, in, into this, uh, in, into this link. We're going to find out. Uh, it's awful. I don't recommend it. <laughs> you're going to love it. Wait, what? You heard yeah, it's, ter it's terrible. <laughs> okay it's terrible i highly recommend it <laughs> okay all right wow well i highly recommend that you tune in this saturday at 10 15 a.m eastern to the comics pals we've got a good show planned for you we're going to be talking all about the dc news of the week the the uh the strike and how that has evolved now the actors are, are, are on strike. Oh, uh, shit, really? Marco, how, what do you, where do you live? Bro, I work and then I come onto the show. I don't know what you want. Do you not have like a shit break at all where you're on your phone like a normal human being? <laughs> Diligent. Part two of the history of the DC Comics implosion. Uh, and a lot more. So the show this week should be a lot of fun. Come join us. That's Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. You can watch this show live 
Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I will give... Can I give this? Yeah, I'll give a tease as to what I intend for us to read this week. We've got Big Game number one, Void Rivals number two, Blade number one, and A Vicious Circle number two. So uh, some really great books. If you want to influence that, you can vote in the book club, which or the sorry, you can vote in the listener pick poll, which is up on Twitter every single Friday, and uh, it will have Night Terror Superman number one, X Men Red number thirteen, Charm City number one, and the Vigil. So lots of good books on the poll and in the main show. So tune in for that this Thursday to find out what we'll be reviewing. Uh, join our Discord server. Come hang out with with us over there. We're always having a fun time. Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals is the absolute best way to support. You guys heard earlier that Mike decided to support us, um, and that's an awesome thing that he did. If you want to do the same thing, you can head on over to our Patreon page and check it out and decide if it's for you. We're always giving you bang for your buck. There's a lot of stuff on there that you can check out. A whole exclusive show called Palling Around. We recorded one uh, the other night, and we had a good time. So, um, yeah, that's there for you guys if you want it. Everything else at the Comics Palace. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope to see you Saturday. Until then, love you. Thank you. Take care, guys. See you next week. <laughs>